I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant and Kevin Ebling. Yay, yay. Woo, woo. We are recording early this morning. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Kev, what time do you usually wake up? I know you go to bed super late. So 10. Really? Yeah. What time do you go to bed? Um, oh, it just depends. One? Yeah, somewhere <gasps> around there. Oh, my gosh. I've already had a full <laughs> night's sleep by then. On the weekend, maybe as late as like two, two to between two and three. And what time does your sweet bride go to bed? Um, much earlier. I would say certainly before 11, probably. So y'all never go to bed at the same time? Um, on the weekends, we do. Well, it just mm. depends on what I have. Some nights I have to go to bed early. Some nights, you know, she does every night pretty much. Because mm-hmm. she's she's got to get up. Or she's yeah. a teacher. Yeah. She has to get up like six something, mm-hmm. which, yeah, not for me. <laughs> and you go to bed at 930, nine? I, uh-huh. Anywhere between nine and 930. <laughs> it's barely dark out. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and then I You've wake been up. asleep for like four or five hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. I've had a full night's sleep before uh, Kevin even gets. When do you usually get up? I get up at about six or six thirty. Do you like set that. your alarm or do you wake up naturally? Uh, I wake up naturally. Tom gets up about five thirty, <laughs> and so I usually hear him. But he goes to bed about. He probably goes to bed about ten thirty. So y'all don't go part. to bed uh-uh. at the same time either. No, I have a weird thing about that. You do. I could not go to bed at a separate time than my partner. Why? I don't know. It makes- I mean, you can do the dirty before you go to bed. <laughs> oh, well, that's not really why. <laughs> but that's hilarious. And that'll put you to sleep. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm in a fight. It makes me feel I, I just there is something so uneasy about that for me. Is It's a weird thing. I don't bat an eye at that. Like one time me Craig neither. and I were at the lake house and we had uh, people there. There were other people there and I was getting so tired and I was like, I just have to go to bed. It's like, you know, midnight or whatever. And, and I went up to bed and I could, it felt awful. I just, I felt awful. And I like texted him. Can you please come upstairs and go to bed? And he's like, Oh, are you okay? I was like, it makes me feel like we're in a fight. You may want to think about how old you feel and see if there's some hidden trauma in there. There's all it's not even hidden. There's trauma everywhere. I wear my trauma like out in the open. Right on my sleeve. It's (laughs) funny. Uh, all my kids, my girls go to bed really early too. It's really, I don't know why. (laughs) That's good. It's hard for me. I can't go to sleep early. Oh well, gosh. There is like a night owl thing and then an early riser thing. Well, yeah. and I think you get used to it. So then to break that cycle, you're going to have to either be tired or, you know, if I have to, if I say, okay, I'm going to condition myself to go to bed at 11 and I could do that, mm-hmm. but it would be, it would be difficult. And, they, and then I would have to change my wake up time and then, yeah you know, you, I'd have to, I would feel tired because I would not get as much sleep. I really, really like to have about nine hours of sleep. That's awesome. Yeah. And the new research says that you need between seven and nine hours. So do you wake up in the night and use the restroom? Sometimes. And you go right back to sleep? Uh Most of the time. That's good. Yeah. I'm a great sleeper too. Yeah, man, I can. If I have something on my it. mind, like last night, I was awake for a little bit uh, because there were just a couple of things. I wasn't worried about anything. There were just a couple of things that kept running through my brain, mm-hmm. you know, but then I went to sleep. So the only time I have a hard time going back to sleep is if it's like if I wake up at like 430 mm-hmm. and it's a little bit closer to the time I get and I have a really busy day. 
Me too. Oh then yeah. I, then you're, you're, then like, you're like, I got to get I just it. If I know it's I even start. somewhat close to when my alarm is going to go off, then I can't stop thinking about it. And I can't mm-hmm. go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Did that happen to you this morning? No. Good. No. Um, well this morning though, if I know I'm still getting up kind of early, I'll pretty much be up from when Elise gets up. I'll still be laying in bed, but I'm up when she gets up and starts getting ready and whatnot. I bet she likes you up in the morning with her. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I Do you all like talk? Do you like to talk no. when you wake up? No, not really. I don't really like to talk either for no. a while. I do. <laughs> that doesn't I'll surprise you. I bet you do too. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Blair, like if we're on a vacation or something and Blair's at my house or in, and she wakes up, then I, I always want to talk to her or my kids mm-hmm. or my grandkids, you know, the minute they wake up. And she's, she always shuts me down. She's like, I just need a minute. (laughs) That's how my kids are too. If they have to get up real early and go to something and I need to take them, I'll be like, how'd you sleep? What's going on? How's your day? Or what what does your day look like? Tell me about it. And they'll just look at me like, Hey mom, like I'm, I'm really just not feeling it right now. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I forget. I forget that I wake up at a different speed than most people. Uh, And Lisa's a bad morning person, but she used to get to, when we worked at the radio station, she would get there at 10 and I had been there since five. So I was always like up and, you know, and she would always say like, it's way too early to deal with you. And that was before we were like dating or anything. I'm just an obnoxious guy. It's way too early to deal with you. It's probably because you were excited to see her. (laughs) I'm sure that's a little giddy. So were you attracted to her from the get go? Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. So you thought, okay, here's something for there. sure. Uh-huh. And I was bad. I was, uh, I was real flirty, but that's just kind of the way I was, but I'm not like that anymore. I don't know. You have no sexual flirty no. energy, I no, stuff like that but she thought I could tell, you know, she didn't think it was weird. She thought it was funny, but I would do stuff all the time. Like I'd be bored on Saturday and she would be at home. And so I would call her and she'd be like, what? It'd be like 10 in the morning. I'd be like, oh, um, I'm sorry to bug you on Saturday, but I have a work question. She's like, what? I'd be like, what are you wearing? Or something like that. <laughs> and she would always think it was funny. But now she looks back and she's like, I hope you're not doing that with other people now. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. No. I don't do that anymore. Elise, did, he's definitely you did not. that yesterday to me, Kevin. <laughs> don't fool her. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. No. I mean, you have... You don't give off any of that energy. No, you really no, don't. No, I don't have that anymore. I don't no, know. that's good. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, that's really, really, really it's good. Getting older and being married. thing. I if guess. somebody if somebody that knew me called me like and said, hey, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'd tell them I'd say a thong <laughs> and they'd be like, hang up. <laughs> I, it's kind of like that whole slap butt conversation that we need to avoid, but I can, that does not surprise me. <laughs> we were cooking last night and Craig walked by and slapped my butt. Mm, and you're like, yeah, no, I like it. Oh, remember you look, don't I do. Mm-hmm. And it's Kevin, like Kevin does too. Yeah. A horse. Well, it's not like, no, it's not like a slap. It's, not, <laughs> no. it's just like, a little, it's it like, doesn't make a noise. No. <laughs> it's like, it's not a hamper, <laughs> but it's what, it's what you would do if you were trying to get a horse to it's like count, count. It's Come not, on. No, it's not. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think the wrong guy slapped your butt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's because I'm from, it, from West Texas and I saw a lot of horses. Oh, maybe that. <laughs> maybe that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. We need to thank our anonymous sponsor again. Oh, the, that the anonymous sponsor sponsored two episodes. She sponsored two point five. Oh, yeah. She made a five hundred dollar donation. Oh, my really nice. Thank you. Anonymous. Yes. Anonymous is very generous. Thank you for keeping us going. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And if you are loving what we're doing and appreciate um, all of Kevin's work and Janice and I's mouths, well, (laughs) you can sponsor the next episode. Uh, It's easy. You can Venmo us at at Tova-Cedo or you can go to Tovacedo.com and click on the remedy and make a contribution. Every episode's about $200, um, but any amount totally helps us. So sure. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. So I'm excited about our topic today. Me too. Janice is going to introduce it. Um, it's a good one. It's a okay. real good one. It was, it's very thought provoking. It is very <clears throat> thought provoking. So um, this is from, you know, Tova and I both read this uh, joyous living. One is joyous living journal. 
by Petra Wells. If you ever want to get that, it's on Amazon. Yep. That's the blue book. And then there's a green book also, which is the Joyous Abundance Journal. And it's by the same woman. And I read both of those every day. And along with Emmett Fox and um, Around the Year with Emmett Fox and The Language of Letting Go with Melody Beatty. And it's so interesting because I've been doing this for years. And every time I read one, I'm like, Oh yeah, gosh, I just needed that. You know, it's it. Totally. Her, the timing is usually oh, spot on. Spot on. And there mm-hmm. she and her cohort, Christian Sorensen, I do not know him, but they are co-authors of those journals. And um, they are, it's just amazing. It is just, it's so, in my opinion, so such wisdom and it's so wise mm-hmm. and everything. So anyway, this is totally off topic, but can I ask you a quick question sure. before you read? Do you ever, do you ever read your devotionals in the morning and, and like, just think oh, I didn't get anything out of any of that? No, I do. I never do. Sometimes I'm just like, meh. I, 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 you always get something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm sicker than you. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't think that's the case, but that's hilarious. I need a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I, and, and, you know, I just, I don't even think it's the content. I think it's where I'm at. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe a little distracted or yeah, something, or maybe just like, Uh, that's not applicable to me today, but it's always applicable. It's just, you have to be in the right. You have to, you have to be really open mind, you know, mindful in the right mindset. And sometimes I'm just not. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in different places. And sometimes Mm if, if I'm tired, I mean, I certainly get more out of some than others, Sure, you know, and then on a different day. And I've been reading these for so long that they're all familiar. Yeah. You would think I would have gotten it by now, but mm-hmm. there is no there. That's uh, it's like food <laughs> and water. I got to replenish every day. Yep. Yep. All okay. right. Well, I will read this. Okay. This let's go. Is, and this is for today. So I woke up and read it and I was like, oh, I sent Tova and Kevin a note and I said, how about if we do this today? And so they liked it. So, okay. It's repeating your lessons. And this is a quote. When you try to do things and they will not go the way you want, leave them alone. And that's from White Eagle. So clearly some sort of Indian, Native American, maybe a, I don't know, somebody with a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. A brush pilot flew two hunters into the Alaskan wilderness where they managed to down a big bull moose. As they loaded up the plane, the pilot explained that they had room for only one moose if they also wanted to take their gear along with them. The hunters objected vehemently saying that their pilot the previous year had let them take two moose on the same sides on the same size plane. The pilot's ego got bagged and not wanting to be outdone, he acquiesced. Naturally, the little plane couldn't handle the load and eventually crashed in the <laughs> desolate forest. Fortunately, the three men uh, survived. As a pilot assessed the plane's damage, one hunter asked the other if he had any idea where they were. I don't know, he replied but I think we must be pretty close to where we crashed last year. Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) How many times do you need to repeat your lessons before you get them? Why aren't you paying attention to what are, what aren't you paying attention to a higher consciousness requires humility in order to progress. Since spirits thoughts, aren't your thoughts entering new territory requires taking the next step from where you are. Mm, if you that's a great sentence but if you're repeating if you are busy repeating patterns you'll just circle and crash in relatively the same place time and time again give up your old oops hold on i shrunk it uh give up your old thoughts and positions and accept the higher possibilities that are emerging then you can apply the guidance into action the spiritual contemplation is what lessons what lesson keeps showing up for you with the same disastrous ending? What guidance aren't you adhering to? What might you do differently and get a different result? And the affirmation is, I follow spirit's guidance 
to glorious new results. Mm. <clears throat> Read that line again that talked about the spirit guide. Uh, if you don't mind. That was in the body of it, right? You're right. Okay. How many times do you need to repeat your lesson before you get them? Why aren't you paying attention? What aren't you paying attention to? A higher consciousness requires humility in order to progress. Since spirit's thoughts aren't your thoughts, entering new territory requires taking the next step from where you are. But if you're busy repeating patterns, you'll just circle and crash in relatively the same place time and time again. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know, I remember when I first started going to Al-Anon, one of their one of their sayings is, is insanity is doing the same thing over again and, res- and, and expecting, expecting different, different results. Result. <laughs> and I, I, my whole life had been like that. I'd go back to the same guy. I would repeat the same, you know, <clears throat> behavior over or I would try to get somebody to be different mm-hmm. in particularly in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody messed around on me, I'd give them another chance. And then I, you know, and I was doing the same thing over again. And when I, when I started really looking at those patterns in my life, I thought, okay, if I'm going to do the same thing over again, then I may experience the same consequence or result. And if I choose to do it and I'm knowingly do it, doing it, mm-hmm. then that would be different. But I, it was just, it was like almost subconscious. Oh yeah. You're, it's like you're reacting to life instead of responding. Yes. 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 And, and I'm, I mean, I think every single person listening to this and who's ever walked the face of the earth has done, has, has, has acted repeatedly mm-hmm. without intention or thought about, wow, this is the same behavior that I've engaged in before that got me absolutely nowhere. Right. <laughs> right. And, and possibly got you pain Yeah, yeah. in a very painful situation, yeah. you know, and yeah. then you're like, okay, so why am I going out with this guy again? Mm-hmm. When why am I putting up with this again? Yeah. Why did I pick this again? <laughs> yeah. No. Why do I think that my cholesterol is going to be lower if I'm eating a bunch of cheese mm-hmm. and chocolate cake? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many ways in our lives that I think that we will repeat a pattern oh, yeah. that is not in our best interest. Yes. Yeah, that can be just destructive. And why do you think we do that? I was going to ask you the same question. Well, I think we do that because I think a lot of us have this illusion of knowing. And so Mm. when we step out on a totally different (laughs) path, then it's new territory. And sometimes the, uh, the repetitive territory can be comfortably miserable. Oh yeah. At least we know. Yes. And I would have said the exact same. It's easy to put this in the context to really think about this when it comes to relationships, uh-huh. you know, it, uh-huh. it, that's an easy pattern for me to see, but, but I mean, I think people who, who have weight issues right. and who have drinking issues or who have, I mean, any, any, behavior that can be destructive, that you find yourself patterns, you know, Uh pattern, destructive patterns that you see yourself in. I think, you know, just fill in the blank. This, this can hit all kinds of places for me. I see it most in, in my relationships, but it's so interesting, like my romantic relationships, Uh um, that I was just kind of living default. But for me, it, it was just like what you said. It was because it was known. It's what right. I'd always done. And it's, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to pick him because he looks exactly like the guy I picked before. It was just, I think it's unresolved. Uh, yes. Stuff <laughs> energy and in, in, inside of us. Mm-hmm. And we think because this pattern is familiar that it's right. And it may be different, right? <laughs> Maybe they've had this 
Oh, I, experience. I, oh, and I think we think we're going to change it. Yeah. And we're going to fix it. And this time it's going to be different. You know, this guy is emotionally unavailable, totally aloof, but he's going to fall in love with me and everything about him is going to change. Uh-huh. B S. It's just going to be the same old pattern. It is unless they have an awakening and they yeah. have this self-awareness and they are, you know, are committed to do it differently. And I think that I think that a lot of times this can be even more subtle, like I um, could spend, let's say if I spend a lot of money Mm -hmm. and I've made a commitment to myself, you know what, I'm going to be a little more frugal in my spending. And I go out and buy a pair of Chanel shoes. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I've betrayed myself a little bit. I may have some fear about, oh gosh, I was trying to save money and now I've done this. So it can be in really subtle ways also like just reacting to people Mm. you know if my reaction to someone is to you know belittle them or criticize them i one of the hardest things that i had to learn in in being better at relationship was asking for what i wanted instead Mm. of complaining and griping about what i was getting Mm. you know and being able to i mean to i told somebody yesterday i said he, she was saying he should do this and he should do that and all that. And I said, you, you have just should all over him Mm -hmm. and nobody wants a mother, you know? So Mm -hmm. changing Mm -hmm. some of our patterns of behavior Mm -hmm. that are very subtle can be very difficult to do. Yeah. Oh, it is very difficult to do. It is. It's I think changing those patterns and behaviors you know, the, the miracle is like you said, is if you show up and you have this awakening and the person that you've picked to somehow heal those old wounds that you have, they have an awakening and, and then some, somehow, some way it's very, very, very rare. You have this awakening together and you change for the better together, or you do it different. You decide to you break do those patterns. Yes. Um, but don't you think we pick when it comes to relationships in this, um, in this topic, if we're, if we're specifically focusing on a relationship, a romantic relationship, don't you think, I mean, <clears throat> well, I know, I know you and I both have had patterns, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. because of wounds, Um, and our picker was off for a while. It was really broken. Yes. And so who, what kind of man were you used to picking that wasn't productive or healthy for you? And why? I, I, I picked men who were emotionally unavailable. They were in some sort of uh, involved in some sort of maybe an addictive process, whether it was work or it was a sex addiction or it was a, a food addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, when I first went in to do my family of origin work, my therapist, Mickey Bickers at the time told me, he said, you need to go see Amy and have and do her family of do your family of origin work. And I was like, what do you mean? I mean, I grew up with the cleavers. My mom and dad were perfect and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, uh-huh, you know, so I went in and did it. And I told Amy first day, I said, you're not, you're not going to have much to do much to work with. <laughs> and so, and sure enough, my father, what was interesting about it was my father was later in life. My father was the most precious, soft-hearted, mm. loving, tender man. But mm. early on, he wasn't. Mm. I mean, he grew up in West Texas. I've talked about that before on a ranch. And he worked very, very hard. I think my mother and father were had probably had a religious addiction. They were very mm. strict in their religiosity. There was no gray. It was black, white. Well, their whole philosophy about behaviors and stuff was more black, white, right, wrong, 
all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, and those so that is a, an indication of emotional immaturity. And addicts on the whole have that same emotional immaturity. Mm-hmm. So even though one would look at it and think, wait, you dated that guy that was not available. Why did why did you not learn that? But it was it was comfortably miserable for me. And I was a performer and I was running for office. So I kept thinking, oh, I can fix that. Mm-hmm. I can change that. Mm-hmm. Now, at least I'm going to get paid for it if I'm going to do it, you know, so <laughs> that I don't do it voluntarily. I try not to. But I think that that old pattern with my father and mother, my mother had probably food issues. You know, she was always trying to lose weight and and she wasn't big at all, mm-hmm. you know, so she kind of had a little bit, probably an eating disorder. And so, you know, so as I, as I look back on that, it all made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the coat was the same. It was just different fabric. And so it was mm. comfortably miserable. I could put it on and I could kick into that performance mode and think, you know, I can fix this. And that's why, uh, that's why Al-Anon changed my life because it's all about not controlling, let go and let God easy does it, you know, that, and they teach us and they teach people in recovery from addiction. One of the things they tell people is, you know, if you put your right shoe on first, from this point forward, the rest of your life, put your left shoe on first so that you start changing up what you do to get you accustomed to doing things differently. Oh, Even just the way you put on your shoes. That is fascinating. I put my left shoe on first. I put my right shoe on first. Well, now I'm going to put my right shoe on first. I'm going to put my left shoe on. What shoe do you put on first, Kev? Right. Me too. wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. No, I put my left. You put your left. I'm left-handed. I put my left, but I'm going to put my right. Yeah. Oh, let's try that and see how well we do that. Yesterday, I did not say anything about being tired. I did. I did y'all get you, my text? Uh, I died laughing. <laughs> I really did. And a friend came home and said, how was your day? And I was like, oh man, I'm tired. I was like, dang it. <laughs> After what we talked about last week. Uh-huh. I mean, I was working be like, throughout a what the F and I was like, Hey, how often do like, how many times a day do you hear me say that? And she was like about a million. I'm like, yep. <laughs> she notices. I kind of giggled at your uh, yours uh-huh. last week. That was really funny. I gotta quit quit doing that. Well, I've not made any efforts yet to stop doing that. <laughs> Janice, you want to know what's so fascinating about the way that you just talked about your childhood and described your parents and your your how you lived in response to your parents and your upbringing. It's like you are saying my exact upbringing. Mm -hmm. Mine was more extreme. Well, I think yours was more overt. Overt. Yes. Yes. Mine was more covert. Yes. But my father was emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. The religious abuse for sure. Addiction. My mom had a full blown eating disorder. She was bulimic my whole life. And I heard it. I thought mm. I used to sit outside the bathroom when oh. I was like six and I thought she was dying because she was always throwing up. Oh, I was like, is mom going to die? I mean, oh, yes. Her. It was very, very, very over. Everything was very mm-hmm. aggressive mm-hmm. and open. And, but the, but the response is so fascinating is the same, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you and I totally, our picker was the exact same probably why you were so effective in helping me. It's like, yep. Seen this before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seen this before, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. been there, done that. <clears throat> yeah. And I didn't even know that I was picking why I was picking the men I was picking and dating the, the men I was dating when I was young. And even after I got divorced. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So when you <laughs> picked Topher mm-hmm. Did he, were you thinking that he was really different from your family? And were there things about him that were so attractive to Absolutely. you that were he not was calm okay. and he was predictable Okay, and he didn't lose his temper and he was, he felt safe. But what I didn't know is there was a volcano rumbling inside of him that he just never, so he had to, stuff going on. He had feelings, he had emotions. He, 
He had thoughts. He just never shared them with me. Mm -hmm. And so instead of expressing them, he just started acting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually that volcano went active, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I didn't even know it was active. I didn't even know. I didn't know. He well, you had a tolerance. Out. Yeah. You had a tolerance for unavailability. Oh, totally. For- I actually didn't even mind it. I appreciated it because we never fought. Yeah. <laughs> people, people and my house was so contentious and so scary growing up that I craved that, but I didn't know that that was emotional unavailability, denial. <laughs> well, well, fighting is not necessarily what we want to achieve. What we want to achieve, achieve is conflict resolution without the fighting. Yes. You know, but you can't agree to disagree. No, we didn't even bring yeah. up if, if I, and there was stuff, I of mean, course. obviously, because yeah. you're, in a relationship with another human being. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I was, and that, I mean, it was, uh, and, and after I divorced Topher, the first few guys I went out with and I only dated like, I mean, they were, I was repeating the same damn behavior and I would, I would scratch my head and like get so frustrated with my, like I divorced this. (laughs) What am I doing? Like, I divorced this and it, it really had to be an awakening for me. And I think it's the case with all of it, whether it's like you said, eating alcohol, work, whatever, yeah, whatever, you, whatever the patterns are that there has to be an awakening uh, to the pattern. And then I think for me, I can only speak for, I, I had to get sick of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was sick of my pattern. Mm-hmm. I was, it, there was an awakening to my pattern. And then there was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Like, you became sick and tired of being sick and yeah, tired of, of you. my patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my yeah. ways and my picker well, way and, off. And that, that most of the time, what <laughs> we will do is, and it's not like you were stupid or ignorant or any of that. It's that when we are, at zero, what we tend to do is swing to a hundred and it takes time and awareness and emotional maturity to be able to settle between the 40 and 60 or the Mm -hmm. 30 and 70. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing about, about my first husband that he was so much fun. His family was fun when they were standing around drinking and we go over there and drink with them. Let me tell you something. If I had to pick between that and that five hours in that Baptist church, I was going there, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because it was a lot, but they were actually both the same. Mm-hmm. The, I see the, what you're the intensity, the fun yep. Yep. and the seriousness yep. and the, and the, the, dogment the right wrong good bad yes you know so if i'm going to be in the good or the bad what was more fun yeah what others would call the bad but it wasn't bad it was just just, really different it was fun so you have to build Mm -hmm. a and it's really important for people to understand this if they are in the middle of going through a divorce and or they're going through a breakup or they're frustrated because they just keep picking the same person over and over again is you really do have to fix your picker. And the way you do that is what are the behaviors that you are experiencing over and over again? And what what do you need? Where did first of all, where did that come from? In what way, even though it could look a little different? And then how can you practice doing it differently? Mm. You know, I, I mean, the just thing- like putting on your shoe. I mean, that that's right. It sounds, and like you always say, and I love when you say this, it sounds uh, simple, but it's not easy. No changing your picker on uh, what, and you, it's across the board, you know, whatever it, whatever you need to change, that is not changing those behaviors, those patterns, those those deep seated trails in your mind to changing your mind and doing it different is a very, very challenging. Well, and worth it. It's so worth totally it. Worth and it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, so I was single for 10 years mm-hmm. before I met Tom mm-hmm. and I, I didn't pick him, you know, the story, my yes. daughters picked him. 
They saw him in a yoga class and shoved my name and phone number in their hand. And he was scared of them. So he called me. But after we had been married, I don't even know if I've ever told Tom this and he listens. So it's time for him to know this, that uh, after we had been married about probably two years, I made an appointment with my therapist and I do have a therapist. As I say, don't ever see a therapist who doesn't have a therapist because they're (laughs) fooling themselves. Oh, yeah. But I and I went in there one day and I said, he said, how, how are things going? And I said, um, it's, it's good. I'm just a tiny bit bored. I write about this in Mm -hmm. Prince Charming. And he looked at me and we talked another minute and he said, Janice, it's not boredom. It's the absence of chaos. Mm -hmm. And you just don't know. You've, you, you haven't felt that Mm -hmm. you haven't experienced it. Mm -hmm. So he said, you've got to breathe. Mm. and build a tolerance for the absence of chaos. Wow. Mm -hmm. He was, he hit that nail on the head. And now I cherish Tom's calmness. And I mean, he's still fun. He's just not crazy. Yes. You know, but I appreciate. No. (laughs) Or chaotic. No. Mm -mm. He, he talks to me about anything. He'll bring something up. He's not passive aggressive, any of those things. Mm. But I literally had to get used to being with that sort of a man. Mm. And it took me a long, isn't it? Yeah. So it it really is a challenge and it really, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I was attracted to Tom from the beginning in that I thought he was really smart. I thought he was handsome. I liked the way he talked about his son. This is just so sick, but it's so me. I looked at his car and it was a good one. (laughs) And and so, you know, I felt like, okay, well, you know, he's probably fairly successful. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know for sure because we, I didn't know any of his friends, one friend, he had one friend that I knew. So nobody else, because his son went to Green Hill instead of the Holland Park School. So Mm. we didn't have any association. Mm -hmm. And he's about six and a half years younger than me. So, you know, but but I I had enough data Mm -hmm. in my gut that I thought, okay, I'll go for this. And I mean, I was attracted to him for sure, but I wasn't like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, this is the person of my dreams. And you you probably had had that before that excitement, the chaos, mm-hmm. that, that fire that has the shadow side that, that yeah. of trouble and heartache and, yeah. and unpredictability. And well, well, you know, Kurt, the thing that was so attractive about Kurt was that he was so much fun, mm-hmm. you know, and then the guys that I dated after Kurt and I got a divorce, the two that I was really kind of I knew in my gut they weren't right, but I was trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. They were really, really, really rich. Mm -hmm. And that sounds really sick of me, too. Mm -hmm. But that that whole getting on those private airplanes and flying and all of that stuff, it was like it was like a drug. Mm -hmm. Well, you talked you talked last week how you had that you have that financial thing. I did. Yeah. And so it's that, not based in reality. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. It and makes, so that probably mm-hmm. pacified something inside of you that's like, okay, I don't have, I can just shelf that if I'm with one of these yeah. guys, I don't ever have to think about that again. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can remember my mom and dad arguing about money and I can remember eight years old standing outside the door and hearing them argue about it. And, mm. you know, that, I mean, my dad was successful. He wasn't, he owned a newspaper and then was a stockbroker and he was successful, but he wasn't rich, 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 right. you know, no planes, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no airplanes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's very interesting. That is, And that is why we keep trying to convince somebody to put the moose on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Crash and burn. Yep. And we just have to keep crashing and burning until we get tired. And, and nobody, isn't it interesting that somebody, and I've had good friends challenge me when I was dating a guy who was obviously a repetitive and I'm smart and I know, and no better. I'm attractive. Like it's not hard for me to get dates. And yet I was picking 
this person who was just not, and, and I had good friends and they would just like, it was a love tap, you know, like, Hey, are you, are you sure? And I was hiding stuff from them because mm-hmm. I didn't even want them to know the, they didn't even know the real story or the true. Oh, right. Picture. No, you never told them all the details. No, no. They got little, little, you know, I tested the waters with mm-hmm. snippets mm-hmm. And, and they, and even then they did, Hey, T or, and I wasn't ready to hear it. It I wasn't until my plane has to crash and burn and I have to get tired of landing in the same freaking field before I'm going, you know, it's just like anything, losing weight, any addiction, your picker, mm-hmm. your job, yeah. your, the yeah. way you treat your children, your anger problems, like mm-hmm. name it. You have to get tired of yourself before you are motivated well, to make that change. And when you do make that change, then you're ready to make that change, yep. you know, yep. because you and are, you, you yearn mm-hmm. for the absence of the chaos. Yeah. Whatever. How long were you, how long have you been divorced since, uh, so six years? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it is such a process. Oh, it sure is. And let me tell you something. When you're first getting divorced, you're a freaking disaster. <laughs> disaster. <laughs> I mean, I look back. It's the hardest. Oh. It's the nastiest thing in the world when you're in the big middle of oh, it. Oh, yeah, And you're just, uh, and when I, I mean, I waited a long time to date and I thought mm-hmm. I was ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what you're just a freak. You don't even know what you're doing. You're, you're like 14 all over again, stubbing your toe, making dumb. Deci- I mean, Oh, and making up a fantasy on the first date. Oh, good grief. And, and so are they. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, not that. Uh, but like the things that men would say to me, or, I mean, I had one guy after like two weeks tell me he was going to marry me. I think I know what, who, what guy you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no names will be said. <laughs> I, and I had one guy t- take me on a date he took a picture and he was like, this is, this will be for our kids. And I'm like, you're weird. Like, like <laughs> desperate. And and if weird. you liked me, I didn't like you, <laughs> no matter how cute or rich you were. Oh, isn't that the truth? Give me a challenge. Oh, if you liked me, you just pretend you did. You should have pretended like you didn't. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. should have never told me I was beautiful or called me the next day. <laughs> you should have waited two weeks. Four <laughs> months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Kev, share with us some of your one, at least one of your repetitive. We've spilled our some some of our dirty some. laundry. Yeah. <laughs> where where do you see repetitive behavior in your life where you're like, damn it, I that I I that needs to change, or it has changed and you, but it took you getting sick of you. Uh preparing my taxes gets me off guard oh. every time. Like, do you avoid it? Avoid it? Uh-huh. Avoid it? Because and it's like, I know this is coming because I do it every year. And so why do you avoid it? I, I, I don't know. Because you hate the IRS. Because well, you, you're freaked now. out of money. So I guess, what, yeah. What, what were your parent? What was your upbringing like around money? Do you remember, early on? Because a lot of times people get better. At, you know, like your parents may be really different today than maybe they were then. Did they have financial issues no, ever? No, not that I recall. Were they t- real tight? No. Frugal? No. Huh? No, not at all. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> means we can't figure you uh, out. <laughs> it means that they picked you up on the street when you were 12. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> no. So, so are you, have you resolved that within you or is that something you no. still struggle with? Still, yeah. So you find yourself to spend the money. 2021 is going to be my year. Well, what I need to be doing is setting money aside so that when I owe taxes, I have it ready. Oh, it's procrastination. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Oh, so was that in your family system? No, it's just something I've always done. Well, and I think my siblings do too, but my parents never were like that. So would you say not just around taxes, but procrastination in general is a big issue is a big issue with you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Interesting. And does it frustrate you about you? 
Yeah, and it's become more and more prevalent. I didn't really do it a lot when I was young. It's something that's gotten worse over the years, and I don't know why. And so do you beat yourself up about it? Do you have a shame around it? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, and I get beaten up about it, too, you know, by mostly my wife. <laughs> so so what are you afraid of when it comes to that stuff? I don't know. Maybe being controlled. Maybe. Oh, because you, you do. You were a little rebellious growing up. Yeah, very. You do not like to be controlled. That's why Mm-mm. you went out on your own. Yeah, exactly. OK, that could be it. Good read, Tova. See why you pay me the big bucks, Kev? It's like, uh, <laughs> are you making more money than I am <laughs> from Kevin? Kevin keep it- Recently, we had a uh, like you guys know, we had a, a tragedy. I had a family member pass away and um, it's been driving me nuts that I haven't been myself lately. And Elise is like, that's fine. It's OK to not be. And I'm it like, no, is. that makes me absolutely mental that I'm not in control of my own feelings, you know, that I'm not who I want to be right now. It's, it's called grief. It's called grief. But it's a complete lack of control. It is. Yeah, because grief, grief does you. You yeah. don't do grief. Grief does yeah. us. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah, there you go. Nailed it. I do. I, it is interesting how you really do not. I mean, now that I, now that we're talking about this, there are like I'm thinking about all the things we know about you and you shared with us and and our listeners like you really do hate to be controlled. I do. Yep. And so whether it's, it's very hard to tell me um, what to do, emotions or the IRS, like those mm-hmm. are those are those are things that are out like the really the only thing you have to do is in life is breathe and pay your taxes. Yeah. And you don't you, like that. You don't want to do that. No, I don't. <laughs> well, and you I, and I think that when you when you I always do, but no, I don't want to. Well, and I think that when you struggle with that, it's because you're powerless and powerless, when you're powerless over that, I mean, you're powerless over the government. They will find you. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, and that mm-hmm. is then that will kick us into a, like a control thing because mm-hmm. there are just a whole lot of things that we're powerless over. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, Everything. And, and that's why you whenever we talk about how control is an illusion. It, well, it's true. I'll never be in control crazy. of that. I'm always going to have to pay my taxes. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you don't have to. But the- well, that's true. I, I, you know, most people don't want to go to jail for tax evasion. The big house <laughs> yeah. is an option. Yes. And you don't pay state taxes here. So that would be federal income tax evasion. I don't want to go to federal prison. No, no. We don't want you no, to. No, those boys, you're too pretty. Yeah. To yeah that no. Oh, my God. I would get destroyed. <laughs> I would have no chance. All 150 pounds yeah. of soaking wet of oh, you. <laughs> no, but that that is what it is. Yeah. And you know what is interesting about that, Kev, is I bet so many people listening that is going to resonate with that. Yeah, I do too. Because there, there has been times in my life where I was acting out of control, um, of or acting out of not wanting to be controlled. I I have seen that play out when I was younger with money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I uh, was didn't feel totally in control financially. And so because I felt out of control and I didn't have what I wanted to have, I spent what I shouldn't have spent be, as like an F you. Uh-huh. To, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I was acting out. I was rebelling against the fact that, I mean, I does this make I any did that. sense? Yes, it does. I, I did the same thing. I don't know why, but during uh, like COVID and quarantine. Uh-huh. I was very ir- like irresponsible financial wise because I'm like I don't care you know uh-huh. yeah I'm broke anyway yep. and and I'm pissed that I'm broke mm-hmm. well and- that's what I'm talking about swinging into that extremity yes so if I'm out of control at being in control then I'll become in control at being out of control so I'm going to be <laughs> the opposite yes. I'm yes. In that makes total out sense of control. and if I'm mm-hmm. feeling controlled then I'll swing way over here and it's like screw you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go spend my tax money Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. You know, when I did that, when I first got married and I felt like Topher was trying to control me financially Uh and I had been on, I'd been by myself financially taking care of myself just fine without you telling me what my budget is. And, and I just, 
I'd just go spend. And I didn't care if he saw it. I didn't care if he was mad. I didn't. And then I had to grow up, you know, and I uh-huh. had to stop that because it wasn't productive or uh-huh. helpful, uh-huh. but I, I yeah. did have that in me. Yeah. That's that teenager. Those mm-hmm. are those teenager reactions. Sally Wright smoking. Yep. yep. <laughs> Sally Wright's drink a beer and smoke a cig. <laughs> so how, how do we, how do we, Again, you and you've mentioned a little bit of the solutions, Janice, but what is the remedy? I mean, all these people that are listening to this, it's resonating, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In some way, in some way, shape or form, whether it's food, financial relationships, work. I mean, the way we parent, Mm -hmm. our, our temper. We have unhealthy patterns. Our planes keep crashing. Mm -hmm. And so how do we how do, and again, you've already mentioned a few things, but let's repeat it. Let's just break it down for everybody. How, when our plane is crashed and we're looking around and, and we're tired of landing in the desert, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> then yeah. how do we, how do we change it? What are the steps for us to well, heal I think these broken patterns? Recognizing it is the first mm-hmm. step. Mm-hmm. So it is, so there are three A's awareness, acceptance mm-hmm. and then action. Mm, All right. Really so good. you look at it. Oh, wow. My eating is out of control and I'm, I'm wanting to lose weight and I just ate a hamburger and French fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, okay. Then you, you practice acceptance. Okay. It is what it is. Doesn't mean I like it. Acceptance doesn't mean, okay, well, it is what it is. I'm going to continue to do it. It's just giving yourself a break and being like, okay, there I am being human. And then action. I I think the acceptance part, at least for me is probably the hardest part. Mm -hmm. And I see it in you too, Kev, because that's where shame resides. Yeah. And I think that you and I, especially you, you're much better at this Janice than we are. I think there's a lot of beating up Mm. self-loathing that you and I do in that acceptance part. So instead of just being like, it is what it is, I'm human Uh and, Uh and not, not accepting it and continuing the pattern. But I think that we add a layer that's unnecessary, Kev, if i I hope I'm not speaking. Out no, of no, no, context, you're right. But you're on point. I think that we accept, then we do some self-loathing, beat mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. up, tell, you know, tell ourselves a story about what losers we are mm-hmm. when, when we've engaged in that behavior before we can ever get to action. And, and I would just encourage people to leave that step out. Well, let me, let me differentiate between <laughs> that's the real trick. Well, mm-hmm. let me, let me differentiate. Mm-hmm. So there's guilt and shame. We did a whole episode mm-hmm. on this a long mm-hmm. time ago. Really and funny. guilt is we are, we are created with a guilt mechanism that it's will go thing. off in our body that says, warning, warning, warning. You know, you have stepped outside of your value system. Mm-hmm. That is guilt. Mm-hmm. Shame is I've stepped outside of my value system, which is guilt. I'm a worthless piece of, you know, what, Mm -hmm. you know, so it is that my being is, is, is terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's about my behavior. Guilt is a mechanism that will teach us when our behaviors are not okay. Mm -hmm. The rest of it, you got to let it go. Once you recognize it, then you're like, oh, yeah, I did roll my eyes or whatever. It can be little or it can be massive. Okay, I'm going to learn the lesson, throw away the experience, and I am a child of God. So then you can take, you've cleaned up that shame. You have to uproot the shame. Yeah. And then you, you give yourself permission for being human, and then you plan a way of attack. And, and that's the action part is what will propel you Mm -hmm. to leave the moose on the ground Mm -hmm. so that you don't crash. How can I do this differently? What am I really looking for? You know, let's say you pick the same sort of guy over and over again, and they end up screwing around or, or being abusive and verbally abusive or something like that. So you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to give a, a peer, a guy that appears to be really a nice guy a chance, even if I'm not wildly attracted to him mm-hmm. and, or I'm not going to make up a fantasy about this guy until I've dated him 
for four to six months. Yeah. A sociopath can fake it for up to six months. <laughs> so you cannot build that fantasy because when reality starts to show us something different from the fantasy, we will change the reality to match the fantasy rather than change the fantasy to match the reality. So good. That's Oof. what will get you in that same cycle. But he had the potential. I'm like, Osama bin Laden had potential, but you don't want to date him. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to date potential. No, you cannot. No. So you've uh-uh. got to give yourself enough time to let they'll show you. Oh, People yes. People will show you. And when they show you, believe them. Uh-huh. Thank you, Oprah. Yep. <laughs> show them. Show me once and I will believe you uh-huh. that that's who you yeah. are. Yeah. And that's so how you make good. all those changes. And, you know. I would encourage it, it, that action part. A lot of times, like say it's weight, say it's food. Yeah. yeah. Little wins go a long way. I'm really glad you said that because it can be too massive. It can. I mean, how do you eat an elephant? One teensy weensy bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people have grandiose goals or, or ideas or hopes and that dreams. Awesome. But, you know, if you need to lose a hundred pounds, that's not going to happen in a week. You're not going to see a damn bit of difference with a whole lot of hard work for a, for a while. And that's why I think sometimes the groups are really helpful to that. Mm -hmm. You know, if like Weight Watchers, let's say, so Mm -hmm. you go in and you have like-minded people that are in there that are wanting to lose weight. And so you have a program and you have an eating plan, the more specific you can do to get to specify some of those actions Mm -hmm. will make it a lot easier. And to have people around you, that's what was so absolutely empowering and life-changing for me about Al-Anon was being sitting in that room and listen to all those people tell my story. Mm -hmm. So I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like a freak, Yeah, you know, so that, that will really help people, you know, and if, and it sometimes, if it's a small thing that you're trying to change, talk to a friend. Yeah. Talk to a Have friend that you can trust mm-hmm. and that will say, I'm going to, can I call you every time I have the, yep. the desire to call this guy or yes. whatever that or, or spend money or, or, you know, go to Bubba's or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. God, I, can, I just have to have Bubba's. <laughs> and, and honestly, and truly, if you are like me and you just really want to have Bubba's on occasion, then allow yourself to do yeah. that. Yeah, you know, and sure. so that you go and so, maybe you don't get two biscuits or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but you're learning to moderate mm-hmm. yours and loving yourself in that process Absolutely. and celebrating, like you said, celebrate those little wins. Yes. Well, you used a great word and I, I love the word catapult. Uh-huh. I, you know, I think action does that. It gives you that like boost, mm-hmm. you know, it catapults you. And, and if you just have one itsy bitsy little win mm-hmm. in this process. It builds your confidence. It gives you, it inspires you. It makes you, gives you that feeling that, okay, maybe I can do this. And, and, and then you start to see that real change happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at, I look at who I have in Craig and a lot of that was, you know, my picker was off for many, many years. And I mean, it was therapy. It was hard work. It was making the list of what I actually wanted mm-hmm. and then holding myself accountable mm-hmm. to that list. When I started t- to pick, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. go, on, go on two or three dates too many yeah. with the, that same pattern. Mm-hmm. And I, what I can tell you, because that's with relationships, it's whereas man manifested the most in my life, this conversation, mm-hmm. you know, me landing that damn plane and, or crashing that damn plane. And, and what I can tell you is if you do the work mm-hmm. and, and you start doing those little wins, it does, this works. Oh, it will build upon itself. It and will. you will look at it one day and be like, holy smokes, I really did this. Yes. I changed mm-hmm. the behavior. I changed the patterns. I changed my patterns. And when you change the patterns for yourself, you will, if you have children at home, you will change, help to change the patterns yeah. 
for them. Yeah. And even if it's your adult children, you can experience, they'll see that yeah, and they really will good. hopefully seek that as well. You know, one well, other- you're living proof of that with your girls. Yeah. I mean, you grew up being and raising your children as one way, and then you've changed your way. And that has had an impact on your girls. Yeah, it has. Yes. It definitely has. And, you know, one other thing that I would suggest is that when you're in this process and you're trying to change something about yourself, make sure that you focus on the things that you're doing really well. And I encourage you to make uh, a list of the things about yourself that you really like and start with the letter A, just Mm. write down A through Z and come up with a word for something that you like about yourself. Because when you're in the middle of change, we can really do a number on ourselves and beat ourselves up. So make sure you're focusing on your assets that are already there. It can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be intellectual, so that you are maintaining your self-love during the process. That's so good. That's such a, you've encouraged us to do that before. And I really, really like that. Yeah. It's great. I used to do it. I'd take those me walks. Yeah. And I'm going to do that today. And when you do X, you can do, you can use EX like exceptional (laughs) or excitable. If I say I like my big ass, can that count as A and B? No, just A. (laughs) Kev, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this was awesome. This was good. It was really fun. I needed nine o'clock. Thank you, Tova, for bringing us juice from the gym. I kind of like our morning energy. I like it, too. Yeah, me too. Wait, what? It's not bad. (laughs) I just don't like getting up. Once I'm up, it's fine. No, it's true. Well, we hope you all have an amazing week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Uh Uh-huh.